Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Crabell, known to my friends as Marv, and today I'm joined by my two friends, uh, Dave from Decibolic Podcast and Gil from The Mind Buzz. How are you guys? Doing great, Marv. Thanks for having us on today. Thank you very much. Hey, Gil. How you doing? Marv, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you. So what memories of Christmas have you got, Dave? Oh, my gosh. Memories of Christmas. Uh, Occasionally, my cousins who lived over in Ohio at that time... No, they lived in, yeah, either Ohio or West Virginia. I think it was Ohio at that moment. They moved around a lot. Uh, them coming to town, uh, a lot of time with with my mom's side of the family. Uh, my parents built a house when they moved to northern Michigan, and they bought the land off of my mom's, off of my grandmother, my mom's mom. So literally, she was like 100 yards away from my house growing up the original house that my my mom grew up in so we'd spend a lot of time there with with family coming in and they'd all come back so it's doing that sledding that's definitely something that my kids haven't gotten to enjoy as much but uh being able to get outside and do sledding parties with with them that was always a big thing uh just generally enjoying yeah the winter um not, sl- not sledding to the degree of Clark Griswold, though. Oh no, no, <laughs> definitely not that. Not not anywhere near a National Lampoon for sure. Although, uh, although on one of my birthdays, because my birthday is in January, I okay. did manage to, uh, and I'll, I'll set this up. My my dad has always cut wood to heat our house with, so we always had nice cherry woods or or um, ash trees or something that had fallen over, and he would go out and or ones that had just died, and so he'd fall them, and then we'd cut them up, log them, and bring them back home for for firewood. And uh, we have these huge stacks outside back of the house, and one of the one of the ways to get to our house, we had a dirt path that came down the hill that had been um, swept out where my dad would drive his truck down. And in the winter time, that would be the perfect sledding area. And it would go right between all of the stacks of wood that my dad had made during the, during the summer and the fall. And uh, one, one year on my birthday, I, I zigged when I should have zagged. And the next thing I remember is I'm waking up on the couch and inside the house <laughs> I ran into one of the piles of wood. So that's not quite a Clark Griswold, but uh, that was that was my snafu in the when I was in the first grade. And I'm sure that's probably what made me decide that being a musician was like the best thing on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's see. Yeah, just, just enjoying time with my family. It's yeah. really the big thing I'd... I'd get to see a lot more of my extended extended family uh cousins, aunts and uncles that I wouldn't see during other times of the year. That was always always a lot of fun for me, uh, especially being and pretty much an only child until I was fifteen. Yep. Uh, having that having people come around is like, hey, stay longer, please. It, it, yeah, I, I remember that uh, when, when I think when I was 
10 or, or somewhere around that age. We, we moved somewhere because my mum and dad had separated and divorced at this point. So my mum moved to, some, to this house and we moved there. And uh, within about the first one or two years, I didn't know this until until after the first one or two years that we'd been there. And then I found out that we'd actually, that's where my grandparents had lived. Well, they'd lived at the next door house. At the point oh. when, when my mum was born, they lived okay. there. And uh, uh, we moved into that house that was next door to where they where they lived. And my mum was actually born in that house next door, and so was my my uncle. Yeah, and that that's what happened with me. Um, my my mom and my uncles had all grown up in that other house, uh, you know, just down from where my parents built the house I grew up in. What what state is this? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. Mostly confusion, but really Michigan. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of snow up there, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, when you get farther north, when you get a uh, Cadillac and above on the on the west side of the state once you get up that point that's where you get all the lake effect that's between uh like green bay and in michigan you know green bay wisconsin michigan there's a ton of lake effect that starts happening in that area and really uh, really get pelted like they've had they had snow oh they've had snow for at least a week in traverse city and we got a, a light dusting just before thanksgiving here and that's been it so far really well, yeah, how about you? Where are you in? Uh, I'm actually in in Southern California in a little town called uh, Chino, California. We're we're just about about a half hour from um from downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just about like 30 to 45 I want to say with uh without that's without traffic. With traffic, uh, you know, it takes about like 2 to 5 hours. I was gonna say about three hours. I, I've I've been at, uh, in Anaheim for the Nam show a few times. So yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty bad. But I mean, when when there's nobody on the road, then it, it's fine. Like I don't mind it. My girlfriend lives out in in Long Beach, California. So uh, okay. I mean, like thirty to forty minutes. So it's it's not too bad. I get used to it. I don't like downtown. Downtown, you there's really nowhere to park. That's kind of my pet peeve about downtown Los Angeles. There's nowhere to park. That and then all the pee smell. So it's not that bad. It's not. Just, yeah, minus minus that minus that last part. Uh, it sounds like when I had to go to Chicago for trips for business, you just you do not park, and then you find you'll find the one the one place that has their own parking that's very kind to you and will validate your parking so you can park in their garage. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So Gil, what memories do you have of Christmas has passed? Christmas. Um, you know what, Marv, I, I've had some, like, you mean like in, in my own, like, yeah, you know, from when you when you were younger, when you were a child, or you know, you know, from you know, you you know, how were you brought up? Tra- traditions and things like that, and like oh. really, you know, any really nice memories from when you were younger of Christmas? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it was, it was definitely a, a great time. Like, the, like my mom, she loved to bake. Like, 
she loved to bake. So always like Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, she always, you know, uh, bake goodies for, for everybody. So that's how I remember it. And, uh, and my dad, they did the whole like lights and, and stuff. And there, there's always, there's parties, parties always at, at, uh, my house when I was younger, definitely. Yeah. What's the traffic light out there and, and, and where you're at? Here it's rural. It's easy. I mean, it's, you know, I live, I live not far from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is one of the bigger cities in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's a, it's a little big city. Got it. Yeah. I, I avoid downtown Grand Rapids, but everything around it is great. Traffic is average. I mean, it's, it's not bad. If you're, if you're 17 miles from someplace, it's going to take you maybe 25 minutes to get there. So ah. Yeah. And there's plenty of connectors for um, for like a US 131 or for like 96 or 94. Some of the main veins that take you out of Michigan and into Indiana or Ohio, they're really easy to get on around here. So that definitely speeds up the pace of traffic going through the area. Uh huh. Oh, the wait. That's uh, that's public transportation. Oh no, no. That's just uh, you know, the highways. U.S. Oh. interstates oh. or highways that go through that are really easy to to get onto from where I live. Got it. Got it. What about you, Marv? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are you watching? <laughs> about I was enjoying the the Dave and Gill show there. <laughs> oh. oh um, I I work closely to where where I live. Um, I uh-huh. I work within. I can drive to work in under five minutes, so really I don't get that much of a much of a problem with that. But but then again, I drive for a living as well, so I go to work and then I get into another vehicle and oh drive that for twelve and a half thirteen hours and then drive back home and yes yeah. So you're just in a in a car. That's yeah, what well, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a van. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't in a plane, I was in a car. It was crazy. Really? Yeah. I worked for a a um, company that built um, pro audio equipment. I was one of their road dogs. Oh, okay. Right on. So the plus side was I had a lot of great equipment to use while I was with them. The downside is, is when I was done, so was the equipment. <laughs> So I had to go out and buy everything again. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Uh, good times. Yeah, my memories of Christmas would be, uh, we, we used to always get together every year at my my grandma and granddad's and uh, we'd, uh, the whole family, cousins and everybody would get together and there'd be uh, food out like, uh, you know, you'd have like... Um, bits of cake or all sorts of like nibbly food items and um and uh, yeah the whole family they'd be there there'd be about 30 children those poor people that had to put up with us as kids all that many children terrible wow like i said that everybody because my 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 grandma and granddad they had six children and then they all had had children as well so So it was quite something, yeah. And then they they had this this garden out the back where they had uh, they had tables next like 
next to each other and we'd all sit at these tables eating and yeah very cold when it was snowing but you couldn't could hardly be inside the house because there wasn't enough room for everybody <laughs> inside oh okay wow that's that's nice to have a big family like that that's that's yeah. super yeah my uh my cousin she posted you know something on like facebook or whatever i don't know instagram and uh she took a picture of my aunt's kids and she has 21 grandchildren Wow, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because I, I looked at the picture and I was like, "Okay, like that—that's a lot of—that's a lot of uh, you know people in the, you know they they had a great party or whatever." So I was looking at the you know the photo, and then like I zoomed in a little bit more, and like it was all like my my younger my younger uh, cousins, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like my my cousins' kids, and. And I think that that makes me like their, I don't know, kind of uncle or something, maybe. Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> I I seen all, and I started counting them. You know, I was looking at them, and I was like, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in here. So I started counting. I was like, oh, 21. Wow, that's, <laughs> a, that's a lot of children. And they're, they're young. They're, like, really young. Mm-hmm. And um, from from my four different cousins so those were all my cousins kids and like i thought about it, i was like whoa my aunt has 21 grandchildren that's crazy and i look at it and my my grandma like her mother only had four you know what i mean like four uh four kids so I, that's i don't know four and then to 21 that's just nuts that's crazy it, it just blew my mind and you you're saying 30 and I was like, "Whoa, that that must be, that must be great." Yeah, this, yeah. This this will go out, and then I'll probably have family listening, and they'll get back to me and say, "No, there weren't that many, really. You just imagine you're just remembering it wrongly, which is <laughs> it could be that way." Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a there was about a total of twenty one people on either side of my parents. Uh, you know, when we'd go to one of the houses too. Uh, I know on my on my mom's side there could be anywhere of, from between fourteen to twenty of us, and we would all be in this little house that wasn't big enough for twenty people. It was like the Volkswagen event of houses. How many people can you fit inside this place? I was uh-huh. always amazed at how many. And then of course there's still a Christmas tree and a fireplace in that. How many people can you fit into Herbie? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm I'm still baffled at how we how we made that happen back then. And my uh, on my dad's side there, how my grandparents on that side didn't have much bigger of a house, and there could be again sixteen to twenty one people for that Christmas event as well. Right. I just think about that. I'm like, wow, that is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and it's bad enough when I when my uh, when I have like four more people come to our house. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's it's strange because now the way that I am now because I always work. I had last Christmas off. I think it was the first time I had Christmas off in nearly twenty years. I think, but that, that it's strange how things change like that. So so I almost miss those times in a way. So you know, I think now 
I always try at Christmas to contact those people just to let them know, you know, make sure that they're okay and that. And it is a strange thing, really, to be able to still try and keep that family, you know, keep in touch with each other. But in the way that things are nowadays where, you know, unfortunately, you have to work or something, it's, it's a difficult thing to try and try and work around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, from the time that I was, golly, from the time that I was 17 until four years ago, I always worked Black Friday. Yeah. And I always worked Christmas Eve and I always worked the day after Christmas and almost always worked New Year's Eve. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Last, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, last year I I gave myself some like out time, so like I had one of my subordinates like kind of take over because I was I'm in the event business, and um, at, at an event venue, so we had an uh, an event going on from I think it was like mid October all the way to like January sixth. Wow, exactly. So that was like thanksgiving that was um what new year's eve and christmas and christmas eve so they were open like seven days uh six i'm sorry like six days a week pretty much and i think the the event only had one day that it was closed wow. so other days it just kept on going and it was constant it was it was crazy but i I gave myself some off time for for the holidays, so uh, that was. And prior to that, I I was I was always working since, um, you know, for about a good a good like ten to twelve years, I want to say. Um, yeah. No, not having Thanksgiving off, like I would get off early, probably off of work, but I've always had to work on those days. So it was kind of yeah. nice. Right. Yeah. I imagine too. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Say that again. No, I said, especially this year too, I'm going to have it off because, um, you know, our venue's closed. So. Right. Wow. A, a positive, <laughs> for some... a positive from a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know this is the longest stretch that I have been home for consecutive days and uh, about three and a half years myself. So that's, that's been one of the plus sides. The other plus side is getting, uh, getting everything going uh, with the podcast here and being able to do shows like this. That's been a lot of fun for me to stretch and see what happens and take it wherever it, wherever it goes to. But yeah, it's also kind of odd because, you know, in, in regards to meeting with all those family people, and having done that for either Thanksgiving and or uh, the holiday season, you know, Christmas season, uh, the way my family was grew up, uh, that's something that's not happening this year. It's just going to be us. Yeah. So we had to do that for Thanksgiving. My uh, my sister and her husband weren't able to come uh, to Thanksgiving this year simply because her her husband's job didn't want him traveling unnecessarily. Right. Uh, just in case. And my parents were up north. And just before uh, 
just uh, around the time that we were uh, making plans to possibly go up to see them, the uh, cases started escalating in their area. So things were locking down. And that was, uh, you know, with my parents being, um, you know, on the, on the older side, that was becoming a concern. Right. It's like, oh, that, that's understandable. So, yeah. So it's just, it's, it is different this year. It's like, uh, hey, do you understand how to use Zoom? <laughs> I think it's changed everybody's <laughs> lives completely. This, you know, it's it's taken what you thought was real and going on in the world and suddenly turned it upside down and gone, well, actually, no, this is how it's got to be for the time being. You know, I think that's done it, done that to everybody, I think. Yeah. yeah. Somehow yeah. a world filled with drones and uh, projecting images, uh, holograms, doesn't seem like such a bad thing. <laughs> No. That's the next step. I think we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Definitely. I think on the other side, it's interesting in a way where the, the take from this could be that because people have got used to the, the way that these things are and doing things like this, perhaps then they can take that and make their lives different, but possibly in a good way. I don't I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. That's that's a great way to great way to put it marv like a, a lot of you know things are, are changing like outside like definitely are changing so might as well change with it i i i, I like that that's great marv i mean i like these images of people who are because they're it's almost like they're talking to to each other a lot more now and and I'd, I'd like it to be that when this is over with, that people will still keep that communication with people. And hopefully, in a way, almost because it's kept families apart from visiting each other because you're in lockdown or you're in a tier system or whatever, whichever country you're in. I think it sort of almost pushed people to contact families even more in a lot of cases. And I think that's a good thing that comes from it because hopefully that will carry on and people will go, well, even though this is all over now and we're not in the pandemic, I'll Zoom you on this day every week or I'll chat with you every week at this time. And maybe, maybe it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful with, with this and positive with that. Agreed. Yeah, I, I see the opportunity for a lot with, uh, with the holidays and even with, uh, with special days where traditions are coming back to it. You know, in, in the in the little things like greeting cards and, you know, the, the the annual holiday portrait being more important to send out to friends and family, uh, even more so now because there isn't that one-to-one one uh, ability like there was. I know when, when emails became really popular, you know, my dad and I both got our online greeting card places in place. So, you know, we'd send out electronic greeting cards rather than sending something through the mail. And pretty soon those kind of went by the wayside in favor of just little chats and stuff. But, you know, you miss you miss that tangible touch, that thing you can hold on to. So with that, you know, the, the greeting cards like this year, um, we did a family portrait and I did the quick Photoshop, swap the background out and make it look really nice. And we stuck that in about 30 pieces and sent those out to friends and family all across the, the states and Canada and even the U.K., Oh, wow. That's a lovely idea. I like that idea. Yeah. Really? Yes. Christmas cards. Huh? And yeah. and a photo of your family, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, because I, I can I can see the logic in that because because you can't actually go around and visit these people. If you've taken a photograph of yourself and you've got it as like a a, a portrait that you send out as as almost like a card to family, it's almost like you're sending yourself out there, but in in that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that little you know, even though it's you know, a piece of paper or whatever, it's 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 something tangible, something they can they can hold, they can look at. They don't have to, yeah, you know. Turn turn something on and wait thirty seconds, or or figure out where it is in their photo roll on their on their device, and say, okay, now where's that picture I want to look at again, or even just forget about it or accidentally delete it. Mm-hmm. You know, now they've got something they can just you know, the good old fridge fridge magnet, and there it is, whenever they want right. to look at it, or or not even save it in their phone. <laughs> you know, right. Like when, yeah, I mean, you can send people, you know, you can send people pictures, but I mean, it doesn't, you know, do they save them? Like, a, who, yeah, who, true. Who, but some people do, some people don't, I don't know, but no, that's a, that's a super, super idea. I know my, uh, a lot of my family have been asking for my address and I'm like, uh, why do you want my address for and they're like, oh, I want to send you a Christmas card. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is where I live, you know? So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it, it's great. I, I, I like how that's, it's, I mean, this time pushing everybody to, to be a little bit more that, uh, more sensitive and, and trying to be more a little, um, a little bit more connected than just uh, a phone or or an email or uh, you know a Facebook post or an Instagram post. It it it, it brings a little bit more to the connection Definitely. between humans. It's awesome, well, Marv. It seems that your uh, your holiday video, your Christmas video episode, is now morphed into a Christmas traditions episode. That is exactly <laughs> what. I've been leading us towards well spotted that man. <laughs> we'll make an expert podcaster out of you yet. Oh, you know, every now and then even a blind squirrel can find a nut. So, oh man, oh, I've got to remember that one. <laughs> a blind squirrel. <laughs> so, what are you planning on doing then this Christmas, then, Dave? You know, to to keep some semblance of sanity. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, we did the, we did the photo, the photo photoshops, uh, and got those sent out. Um, my wife has done a little, um, little app, something about some, uh, secret elves app or something where it randomly picks a person for you to send a gift to. Uh, I've got some friends who have talked about doing uh, a bourbon exchange, and I've got to see where that's at. Where again, you you commit to buying a to buying a bottle, and um, they'll give you a name then of who you get to send it to once you've picked it, and you know just some just some things just to spread some some cheer around, some more tangible things like that with people that I can't get in touch with. You know, and hopefully, even the same process get a chance to say hello to people that I haven't gotten to hardly ever. So there's that part. Um, we decorated uh, during the Thanksgiving weekend. We decorated the house for Christmas. You know, got out the the tubs and put up our 
put up our little seven foot tree in the in the front of the house, right in our picture little picture bay window area. Got uh, watch the girls get that all strung up and uh, put up the stockings, you know, and just uh, try to make it as as normal as possible. Although it's like I said, it's been a, a bonus this year because usually on a Tuesday, I have either left or I'm or a Monday, excuse me, I've either already left or I'm on my second day of travel uh, on the road for the company I was with. So this year it's, it's been nice to be home. And I think it throws, uh, throws my kids off a little bit because like, wow, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so getting, getting some more intentional time to spend with them and spend with my wife that I've just honestly haven't had for a few years. I mean, it's been nice because normally I'll get uh, the week before and the week after Christmas off and I'll still still had Thanksgiving to be home. But outside of that, I was I was on the road 90 percent of the year. So uh, this year, one of the big gifts for my wife, uh, she has said, is me being present and being able to do some things. So she gets home. She doesn't have to figure out what's happened, what hasn't happened, who needs to eat. You know, I I've taken over the. The duty of that, and I've become the, the perfect little housewife in in her stead. <laughs> so I've just just enjoyed that more time with my older kids who are now adults. One of them still lives with us, and the other one is is slowly spraying his wings and inching further and further from the house. Got it. What about yourself, Gil? What you what what are you planning to to try and keep your sanity over Christmas this year? Um, sticking while you're stuck in, you know the way that because what what lockdowns have you got over there is is it still full lockdown in california no actually we just started this week uh as a we got a stay-at-home order and um and i think it's uh the whole the whole state or maybe our county uh, i i was looking up that earlier but i think uh it's the county no it's state yeah i'm sorry it's state so okay. Um, it's a statewide stay-at-home order, and it, it it's it's kind of crazy because like there there's a lot of counties that are not uh, abiding by the stay-at-home order, and they're just like refusing. They're like uh, like I would read like news headlines, and they'd be like um, Orange County not not abiding by the stay-at-home order, so <laughs> like public you know people are going to be you know reading that and just not you know that but anyway and and my and as far as as me um i'm gonna be at home uh, with my son and we we decorated the house and you know what i haven't even decorated like and it's been it's been it's been years since I decorated for for Christmas, but uh, it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice, and uh, you know my son gets all excited. We watched uh, the Grinch the other day, and uh, you know he was asking me all these questions about the Grinch, and then we just talked about Christmas and you know what uh, what Christmas is all about, and it was great. Like it's it, it's it's a fun time. Definitely. Um, that's, I mean, that's how I, I'm, I'm staying sane, just trying to put a lot of energy into um, what uh, the Christmas spirit 
is all about and giving and and trying to you know talk to people reach out to them see what uh what's going on and um you know in general it's uh trying to trying to stay positive pretty much in uh in in spite of what's going on but just that that little guy and just decorations and and uh that's pretty much it yeah even i play we played christmas music i was he was he wanted to play his other stuff but i was like no we're playing christmas music when we're decorating i i don't know i think that's like the coolest thing ever uh do you guys do that i don't know do you guys do that yeah we we definitely play christmas music while we're while we're yeah. putting decorations up well it's, it's got to be done then then you eat the christmasy food don't you as well while you're doing it oh yeah of course <laughs> Yeah, we we got some cookies. We're 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 making some cookies, decorating lights. Uh, he he was right there. I was you know standing on on a chair, putting up the lights around the. Uh, we we just, I went crazy. I went light crazy at at uh, the grocery store buying all these lights. So, I still have some in the boxes too. I need to put some more up. So, what Christmas music were you listening to then? Uh then go uh let's see definitely um uh let's see jingle bell rock okay definitely that one jingle bell rock and a lot of uh michael buble oh yeah you gotta have my michael buble mr buble himself nowadays yep (laughs) (laughs) and uh actually one of my one of my favorites is um, uh, Rock and Roll Rudolph, I think it's called, by, mm-hmm. um, what's that guy's name? Uh, he, he, he does uh, Johnny Be Good. Uh, I don't know why his name yeah, is. Chuck Berry. Yeah, Chuck Berry. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, actually, the Beach Boys have a, they have like a full-on Christmas album. Which I feel like crazy. Like that's that that's amazing. Like you just dedicate like a whole album to uh to a holiday. That's that's pretty cool. Gil, you need to listen to the previous episode that me and Dave did. Your knowledge of Christmas songs will go up no end. <laughs> really? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. For I have I have a scattered page filled with notes of of songs that I was not familiar with that they uh, really seem to like and I'm like oh okay like David Essex uh, only only a writer's tale Winter's yeah tale, yeah, yeah. Um, stop the Calvary is another yeah. one that I have to check out now yeah I mean, I've got I've got little smatterings all over this page they're upside down and sideways of things that I have to check out that I've never listened to yep. Uh, yeah, just some some really fun stuff there. And I'm very happy that you know D- Dave mentioned uh, the Chipmunks Christmas song, of course. Oh yes, definitely. I th- I've totally forgot about that one. Yeah, no, that for me that was a staple growing up. I remember my dad. Uh, that was that was the official start of Christmas in my house as a kid when my dad would pull that out, dust it off, and throw it on the record player. Nice. It's almost that's... like he's talking to you directly when he says Dave. <laughs> 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 but 
Which which version of the Grinch did you watch then, Gil? Was it the Chuck Chuck Jones one? No, I I watched the um the the latest one that came out in two thousand. Pixar one, yeah. Was it Pixar uh, or no? Yeah, mm, no, no, oh, the Ron Howard one. Howard, yeah, right. yeah. I watched that one with Jim Carrey as the as the Grinch. Oh yes, yeah. There's been another one since then by the people. And it's not Pixar, it's the people who did, um, what did they do? Despicable Me, the Minions people. Yes, yeah. And there's a version by them, and it's got Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Strange. He does the voice, I think, does he? Really? Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's on Netflix now, I believe, as well. Yeah, because I think that same production company did the Horton Hears a Who a few years back as well. Right. Back in 2008. That. That'll, uh, that, that... Re- yeah, the 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 graphics look similar, so that that makes a lot of sense that they would do it like that. And I think, uh, on yeah, you know what? On the minions, the the animation looks pretty close to the the Grinch cartoon. I only watched it for like five minutes, yeah. the Grinch cartoon, but we watched fully the the uh, house the Grinch stole Christmas. The Ron Howard film. That one was was pretty intense. Like, um, I, Marv, you were telling me that we we're gonna do the, the like a Christmas kind of film. So I chose that, and my son uh, didn't wanna. He didn't want to watch that for for the life of me. I don't know why, but <laughs> he did not want to. And I was like, "Come on, we'll watch this. We'll eat some cookies. We'll we'll hang out and we'll watch it." And, and you know, he heard cookies, so he was like, "You know what? Not too bad. You're you're not too bad, Dad. Uh, I'll watch it with you." In so, that case, you need to find yourself a copy of the uh, Sesame Street Christmas Carol, then, don't you? And then, then you'd have you know the Cookie Monster on there and everything. Probably, yeah. probably. But uh, I, I was I was I had I have some great notes on on uh, on that one, The Grinch. It's it, it's such a great tale. Uh, and and if you when you start to like look like at like the subtext be you know in the film like what is this film trying to you know teach you other than you know there's a there's a Grinch and you know he doesn't like Christmas but when you start to like break down like the whole story like it just it's uh it's appealing I don't know it's 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 appealing. Yeah, there's there's nobody else that writes like like Doctor Su like Doctor Seuss is just there's there's an individual style about him that nobody else has got that sort of feel or touch that he has with writing stories for children or, or well, for everybody really. There he he talks like if you really break it down, like he he talks about some pretty pretty um, you know current stuff like uh societal problems like i'm I, I don't know most of his stories but the stories that i have really like listened to like the lorax for one i mean it about like a person that doesn't want you to cut down trees and 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 he's uh he's he's into the earth and and a kind of like a it's a stab to you know capitalism kind of i mean i don't know it, that that's what i drew out of it and and 
Dr. Seuss is amazing, especially with with the Grinch. If you really like break it down, the Grinch, he was totally different from anybody that was in town. He was a different he was a different color if you if you if you really think about it. Everybody else was, you know, white and he was he was the only green person. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. that's what I looked at. And then also, I don't know if this is true or not. I, I have to read the the you know, go back to the book and look at it, but uh, I don't know if Ron Howard put his parents as two females to uh, to kind of create a spark in in the the book or the story. But he had two moms. If you if you look at it, it when I was all 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 the other parents were like mom and and dad and mom and dad mom and dad. But the Grinch's family he had two two females as the people that uh, adopted him and helped him grow up. Okay. What I've seen. It's, it's, it's interesting because um, what, what one strange bit of trivia is the fact that I heard that uh, him and uh, Stan Lee from Marvel Comics, they were both in the same unit in the army back in, back in I think, career or wherever it was. And, and, they, and they both written things where they put these almost social conscience into these stories like Stan Lee did with the comics and Dr. Seuss did with the books. Right. These morals and these social points across, but they used to do it in such a way where it would be almost ignored because people would think, well, you know, it's just a story or whatever. And the same as Star Trek always used to put like, you know, things in episodes where, where they used to broach a subject, but, because it was sci-fi, people used to just think, yeah, just put it out. And and they didn't realize that it was actually something completely different. And it's strange how Dr. Seuss and Stan Lee used literature to get that across. Yeah. He, Yeah. he, uh, Dr. Seuss, he, in, I mean, in the Grinch, uh, he, there's just so many layers to, to the film and and honestly to to the book also so i mean that he he wrote that thing with a great 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 intention there is there is intention in his uh in his writing definitely about that yeah that movie and he added you know a world tradition like christmas to kind of amplify his story which was another bonus so Great writing, definitely, from Dr. Seuss. Absolutely. So, okay, then, since we were all expecting there to be a film-based show, <laughs> which is still hopefully going to happen, I bet we've all written out five films that we have to watch at Christmas. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, go, go on then, Gil. What were the five films that are your absolute must-watch films? Must watch. Okay, definitely The Grinch, um, National Lampoons. Uh, let's see. You know what? Th- those two. And there is this other film. I I can't remember the life of me what uh, what it was called. Uh, I got to look it up and, and pull it up. But um, 
It was about this kid getting shot in the eye. A Christmas story. A Christmas They're, story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'm a Christmas story and uh, an elf with uh, with um, Will Ferrell. Yes, it's a Thank comedy. I, I like to let, I like to watch a lot of comedies during Christmas season. Okay, have you got a, have you got a fifth? Have you got a fifth one as well, Gil? Because that's four. Have you got a fifth? Oh, we're doing we're doing. Let's see one more. Let me let me let's throw it out. Make five. See if I can make five. <laughs> How the Grinch stole Christmas. Okay. That's the card. That's two Grinch films. Okay. <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't think of another one. So those are the ones I watch. That's I mean, yeah. uh, let's see. Can uh, what about the Scrooge with um, with uh, the the very 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 like older one that was like made in in the 60s that used to scare me as a child i don't know why oh the, the, the 1971 with albert finney the no it was the i came out in the 80s oh i know which one you mean with the george c scott with uh is he he's an actor or is that a, a director that, that's the actor yeah um no it was it was definitely a comedy and I, I don't. That doesn't. Are you re- thinking of Scrooged with Bill Murray? Scrooged. Scrooged. Yep. Exactly. That used to. It used to scare the heck out of me. But I. <laughs> Christmas. No lie. I, I think it was because like all the ghosts that were in that movie, like I, I'm I'm the ghost of Holiday Pass, and I'm like, does this really happen? I was like eight or nine, thinking about it, and. If if I'm this if I'm this bad when I grow up, is there gonna be you know people to come haunt me from my past? I, I think uh, that's where I was. That that's where my mind was when I was like eight or nine watching that film. But now I think about it, it's just a just a funny movie with Bill Murray. I think it's I think it's one of those ideas. The whole A Christmas Carol slash Scrooge. I think uh, it's one of those ideas where it can easily be made in, you know, I mean, there's various different versions of the film, but the the wonder of it is that it's it's a perfect story that you, you can that will constantly be interesting to people. It's not one of those that's, I mean, even though it's based at a certain point in time in the original story, it right. can be reinterpreted in, in in so many ways. I think it's because it's got those parts in it that are so perfect in the original outline of the story it's almost like a philip k dick dick book you can make that so many ways into a into a film but i think you've got the same there where you've got these ideas like the ghost of christmas past ghost of christmas present ghost of future this other i think it tran it can be used in and i think that's why it's so good is because it's a story that is just a perfect idea Exactly, and it's the overall message that is, and a general message that works in in any in any culture. I think, I don't know, it could be, right? Yeah. Like, uh, oh yeah. So, D- Dave, what are your top five then, Dave? Sure. Uh, so for me, the uh, 
the one that you mentioned earlier, uh, the 1970 Albert Finney Scrooge. I remember watching that when I was a kid, and that uh, especially the the Ghost of Christmas Future. That was just an eerie picture to me. It always stuck in my head. Yes. Yep. So that one would be would be fifth. Uh, for me, uh, fourth would be a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yep. Giving the nod to that great old cartoon where he's trying so hard to find out everything about the spirit of Christmas. And he's got this little tree that, you know, in the end just is nothing but a pile of needles. Hopefully I didn't uh, ruin that for anybody out there. Spoiler <laughs> Spoiler alert. alert. You spoiled it for me. I, I'm about to admit I have never seen a Charlie Brown Christmas. And I would really love to at some point. I, I, oh. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that, definitely. I, I haven't watched that in a very long time. That's a, yeah. that's a very good one. Charlie Brown Christmas. Number three then, Dave? Uh, number three uh, is a favorite of my girl's. To watch and that is a nightmare before christmas the stop animation movie uh done it was tim burton i believe it who made that one the misadventures of jack skeleton uh, who is the pumpkin king bored with his annual routine about halloween so he accidentally stumbles on christmas town and uh the, the plot is, is that he wants to bring christmas under his control by kidnapping santa claus and taking over but then he uh, has some things that go seriously awry, and it, it gets to be quite quite funny. Uh, Danny Elfman of Oingo Boingo and of uh, Composition Fames is the voice of Jack Skeleton, uh, Skellington himself. Yes, yes. So I said that was pretty neat, and he did uh, voice for him. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He did the voice. He did the voice and the singing. Yeah, yeah. Danny Elfman. Yeah. And he did all the the music for that too, right? Yes. Yes. And then uh, a lead way from that, uh, which is a lady who's been very popular, an actress who's recently gotten a, a, a recent uh, push again in her career from the television show done on Canada and then on pop television, Schitt's Creek, Catherine O'Hara. She played Sally. She was the voice of Sally. Yep. And that ties me into the next one, which is Home Alone, where she also plays the mom. Yes. Yes. So going to, to Home Alone. And the hard one for me was it was a tie um, just because I like both of these uh, a lot. But I, I have to give the, uh, the nod to Elf with yes. uh, Will Ferrell. That yeah. has become a staple that my entire uh, nuclear family, my, my kids my, and my wife and I watch every year. We, we have to watch Elf. It is not Christmas until Elf has played. So just that whole story and that 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 big eyed wonder that that Will Ferrell's character has, not really knowing what things were like in the in the real world, and being uh, uh, you know introduced to them for the first time and trying to understand and grasp what has happened and what what things are like where he is versus what he grew up with. So uh, and with. And with saying that, the honorable mention uh, has to go to the governor himself, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and his movie Jingle All the Way. We were trying to remember the title of that earlier. <laughs> that one, that one's great with uh, Turbo. Yes, with with Turbo Man and uh, and exactly Sinbad as the as the antagonist mailman, and <laughs> the other antagonist being. Uh, Dan Harmon from Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, just an overall fantastic cast throughout the entire thing. We even saw the uh, the first time that the uh, the young man who went on to play Anakin Skywalker as the son of Arnold in the movie. So yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. Jake, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, cool. Yes. Yeah. That one's definitely a great one, especially with the. There's there's no other movies where Sinbad would play play the the antagonist. So I that that movie was just awesome. And then Phil Hartman. I mean, he he played. If if uh, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong on this or or more, but uh, Phil Hartman he played. Phil Hartman. That's. Uh, um the the kid's stepdad right or or the the boyfriend too he the... was the next door neighbor oh okay he was a next door neighbor yeah he he was the next door neighbor in the movie um you know cuz arnold was always always away at the office you are my number one customer and remember you're my number one customer and here uh phil is the is is the dad next door who is uh, thinking that who who doesn't have a wife? Uh, mm-hmm. He's you know separated, and he is dev- he is plotting the demise of of Arnold's character to become the head of Arnold's household in his stead and kind of you know take over and swoop swoop his wife off of her feet. Oh, okay, all right, all right. That's that, what that's what happened in the you know that's as the plot happened. moves along in the movie. Uh huh. And yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm just remembering all the things that uh, that Arnold's character does, trying to to make right by his son, and and you know just about blowing it every turn. But at the end, uh, a huge, uh, huge uh, twist that uh, gives him a place of redemption that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah, Phil Hartman played the part of Ted Moulton, uh-huh. our neighbor, and you know it had a guest appearance by Martin Mull. As a DJ, okay. So, uh, so a couple of a couple of classic actors throughout that, yeah. Uh, movie in addition to Arnold being Howard Langston, and Rita Wilson being his wife Liz. Even got Jim Belushi in there. Richard Mall, who is better known uh, as Bull from Night Court, plays the bad guy, uh, the bad guy in the character form of Dementor. But then again, a lot of a lot of a lot of Arnold films. I always think there's, I always think there's this humor in all of his films. Anyway, I think there's always like a nodding wink almost from him all, all the time. Yeah, he's definitely breaking the fourth wall all the time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, is it written that way in in all of his movies, or he's just like, you know, if if a director calls him for a you know a movie and he's like, I have to. I'm not going to do this movie until I get a four, fourth wall break. You know that that that's the that's the final thing. You let me do that, and then I'll do your film. So they wanted the film, so there was his uh, his thing, maybe. So you know? true. Yeah, I, even even when you look at at the movies where he's playing it straight, some of his character things come off so dry that they're hilarious. Yeah. It's it's like Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. You know he he is not a comedian, but just the way he delivers in that movie just made his character even more hilarious than what it might have been otherwise by anybody else portraying it. 
Yeah. And Arnold gets that where there's just some parts that are so intense and so serious. And yet he'll pop out a quip or, you know, do, do his famous, you know, the Arnold scream or the Arnold yell. It's yeah. like there, there isn't a, there isn't a good Arnold movie unless there's something about getting to a chopper that yell and him saying, I'll be back. Then, you know, it's going to be a hit movie. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you you got to have this. <laughs> Pardon? What was that, Gil? Oh, no, you, you, we have to have those in Arnold Schwarzenegger music, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not well, Arnold. I've, I've got, uh, I've got at number five, I've got, um, and this is a film it took me many years to, to sort of like, to grab me, and that's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yes. You know, with, uh, with James Stewart. And it's, mm-hmm. because of the, it's because of the fact that it sort of reminds you that no matter what's going on with you, that it, it's you know it um, it reminds you that if you're taken out of the equation, in a way, in, in periods when you're low and you think, oh, you know, you've got no self-esteem, it makes you realise that actually you still mean something to those people, even though you don't think that you are. So I think it's it's sort of life affirming, and I can understand why. I know in America, in a lot of places, they use it they use it as a way to make people you know, feel better about themselves, don't they? I think in, you know, who, who contemplate suicide or whatever, they'll watch it, won't they? Or something I think I've heard. And yes. I've, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. And you know, in definitely not in taking anything away from it's a wonderful life, but that seemed like a masterful retelling of, of the base model of a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because you get to see his, his early life. You get to see his present life. And then you kind of get a quick rewind of if you hadn't been there, this is what it would be. Absolutely. With with that going on and him, you know, and him not wanting to take, you know, in his view, at points he was taking the low road, but yet in, in reality, it was the high road that kept everything else from falling apart. And if he hadn't have given in, in his eyes, what was uh, a sacrifice at that moment, then uh, the reality for not only him, but for literally the entire town he was in would, would not have come to, to be a good resolve. Yeah. At number four, you know, I have trouble with this because there's so many films that I watch at Christmas or whatever, but even though, even though I work all over Christmas, uh, is uh, I've put down the Santa Claus, the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's, it's got, it's got that... Um, Unlike the, the the two that follow it, which I, I don't mind the second one and the third one, give or take, you know whatever. Take, but but the first one has got that got that mad almost magic uh, magic to it that you, that you'd have in a really good classic family film in a way. You've just got that thing there, and then you've got the natural humour of Tim Allen as well that just I think right. shines through the film. You've got Tim Allen there. It is it yes. is absolute best? That, that I think that was when he was a, he was the best that he's ever been. I think that was his his moment to shine. Yeah, it was at his prime. I mean, uh, even and and we watched him on TV as like the father figure, yeah, and right. and to to his children on um, on uh, his his weekly his weekly show. Home improvement. Home improvement. Yes, the exactly. classic. Exactly. So, I mean, him coming out at his prime, knowing like his his 
his connection with him and his audience doing that movie. It's it, it I think like that just you know blew it up a little bit more and and gave the connection between the film and him being Santa Claus no less. Yeah. The great jolly Santa Claus Tim Allen plays him and he actually he looks like Santa Claus and you know the his whole um his whole uh you know Christmas feel and his one-liners and like you said more of the the you know just the the comedy coming from 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 him like it it, it radiated so that, that that's a nice one marv definitely and, and agreed yeah tim allen that was he was really a television actor that's where he did his best work yeah. and he would try movies every now and then but you know few and far between outside of the voicing he did for buzz lightyear really really hit nothing else hit like the santa claus and it took another five years before he really had another movie that blew up for him and that would be in my opinion that had been galaxy quest so yes santa the santa claus is an excellent choice definitely and i I would say as an honorable um mention i think uh, christmas with the cranks as well is a good film with tim allen yeah based on uh, jamie lee curtis yes yeah with where have you seen that one gil christmas with the cranks christmas with the cranks uh I think so. A long, long time ago, but I can't remember the well, the the family are all away, aren't they? The children are all away, so so they've decided that they're going to go away for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not going to do the tree up or put any decorations up, and they book tickets to go away somewhere for a holiday. Okay. And then all of a sudden, about two days or so before Christmas, their daughter rings up to say she's coming out. She's coming back over with a boyfriend to to have the you know the 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 big enormous family Christmas that they normally have like like the sort of Christmas I was on about you know where your whole family's there and they're You're like right. oh what we're going to do we've got all these decorations to pull up we've got the dinner to do got to get the ham get this that and the other and yeah that's what that one's about so oh I think that's a good one. mention that one and they and their daughter called on uh on like Christmas Eve like how how much time did they have to put everything together. And which they did, right? Like, I mean, the, there was a happy ending at that story. There was a happy ending at the end. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know how long? Um, how long? Like, they had to put everything together. Was it like Christmas Eve? Hey, we're coming over. Didn't, didn't, didn't they ring okay, up on the twenty third, the night of the twenty third, and they had to go out on the Christmas Eve shopping to go and buy everything? And oh, wow! Yes. Oh man, where were they planning to go during Christmas? Where were they planning to go? Somewhere like Bermuda or something? Really? Oh, they were going to go. We're going to go to the Caribbean. That's it. Yeah, they were going to the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah. Or Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Depending on how you say it. Yeah. For yeah. Christmas? That's yes. okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> some people. <laughs> yeah, I've only yeah, just thought uh, of that one as an honourable mention. Yeah. Go on. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Based on. Uh, uh, it was Skipping Christmas. That's the John Grisham That's novel. Was based on Skipping yes. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I bought I bought it for Louise actually. That book, Dave. Oh, okay. For my other half, she's got the book uh, among all these other Christmas books or whatever. So she's got that. My number three is actually Elf. Like you know, I think every all we've all mentioned Elf, haven't we? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> this this something it's it's a it's a it's a perfect film and Will Ferrell. I can't even think why they'd why they'd even 
I couldn't even see anybody else doing that role. It's no, and, no, exactly. and Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. I can't imagine anybody else doing that because, and um, I was surprised actually when I watched. We watched a program where they were on about the behind the scenes of it, and they were saying that there were other people put forward before Zoe Deschanel, and then they were surprised because it's like, oh, we can actually get her to sing rather than have somebody singing for her because it's like they'd not realised that she could sing. You know, and you think, wow, you guys didn't even know that she could sing. I mean, <laughs> you know, right? So, oh, so she did her own her own singing in in the film. Yes, she did. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because yeah, um, she, she's got two hit Christmas albums as well with her band, with her group, she and him. Really? Yeah, there's two yeah. Christmas albums that they've done. Yeah, that are really great. Right. I forgot that. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do know one thing. Yeah. When uh, you know uh, Peter Peter Dinklage was in it, Peter Dinklage uh, did Miles Finch. Yeah, I he's just an outstanding actor. Period. Uh, surprised that he hasn't gotten more more leading roles. Uh, you know, and he's he's really known, uh, very well known now through HBO's uh, Game of Thrones, of course, as well. That really brought him to the forefront again. Yeah. But yeah, here's another movie that was directed by John Favreau too. I think it was his second film directed because I think he did Swingers, and then that was his second film. I think. I I didn't realize that. Yeah, (laughs) because they were iffy about it, and then, and then he said uh, mainly about the animation. He said, "Well, I want it a bit like this classic film," and I forgot what film it was now that they were basing the animation on. And then when he came to them with like these drawings that he'd got and this like these ideas that he'd got, they sort of said, "Absolutely, you're the person that needs to direct this film." (laughs) But yeah, that was yeah. There were so many things. It's um, it's up on Netflix if you're interested. There's a there's a series that's only just started. They're releasing one every so often, and the first of it's something about how something about how the Christmas movies or something. How Christmas movies made. How Christmas movies were made, and the first how Christmas movies made as that's it. And the first oh. episode of that is actually about Elf and the story behind it. Ah, that's definitely a Christmas binge. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, what's my number two would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know, <laughs> they, have. I've got got to have that on. That's got to go on with you know. That's um, I've not seen Community yet, so I would say that that's probably my favourite Chevy Chase role. And that film specifically is my favourite of those. I think it's the best vacation film as well. Um. I don't Excellent. know what's yeah. There's there's something about that that's just the humor is brilliant and uh, and it's it's knowing humor as well. It's there's some bits that you think, oh dear, how did they get away with that as well? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially especially in light of today, there's just something just like what <laughs> you you won't be able to do that now. A bit of some mm-hmm. of these things, <laughs> and um, yep. Yeah, and uh, Dave has already mentioned my number one, which is the Albert Finney nineteen seventy version of Scrooge, uh, Christmas Carol, because uh, it came out the year I was born. Um, 
And my my mum was very well. She still is very much a huge fan of musicals. Like uh, one of her favourite films is um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. So right. she she likes it. So she's into the musicals, and uh, so every Christmas that film would come out. Once we got a video recorder, it would come out on the video, and then eventually DVD and whatever else ends up coming. And um, so. I basically watched that film every single Christmas since I was probably 11 or 12 or even younger, maybe because it's been on the television and, and, and the songs I think are perfect. The songs are for it. And I think every single member of the cast is brilliant. Even Jacob Marley, Alec, Alec Guinness and Jacob Marley is just amazing. You know, it's just, it's incredible. The things that, that you'll find Alec Guinness in even like, you know, Star Wars, he makes that character hmm. so well and he, he embodies those characters so well as well. He's, he's not like he's being him. He is literally that character, Jacob Marley, and you feel the every emotion, like the the fact of the uh, the fact that he feels remorse over how he treated people in life. You, you can actually see that in the way that he acts it and you can see feel every emotion from every single person in the cast. And I think it's just an incredible film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but then you could mention so many different versions of that, of, of that story. Scrooge. Wow. Gosh. And, I mean, there's a Mickey mouse Christmas Carol. Yeah. There's the, in 1971, there was an incredible animation that came out of a Christmas Carol right after that one. The yeah. Was, yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, yeah, George I think Scott in 1984, I think it was. Just the whole story of like of Ebenezer Scrooge, like it, it's it's very, um, it's very open and it's very current, and, and it can be used in in any kind of text or any kind of you know subtext of just it's the overall message that that is is. Um, that gets recycled and recycled and and that's how you know it's like a true message if it can be recycled any different way right yeah i mean that, yeah. that's what i get from it and like when when there's like different different um you know directors and and writers use that message in and on their platforms whether it be like in a cartoon a live action film a comedy using comedians um using animation uh claymation or whatever it's uh it's the charles dickens he did a phenomenal job on on creating that character definitely so, so I, I, agree. Love, I love the Dis- i love the disney version as well the animated version with jim carrey doing all those voices i think that's yeah. <laughs> and uh, especially right. jim carrey i mean that's uh uh, Jim Carrey is, is he's he's awesome. I mean, like when when Pixar uses like Pixar and and Disney, they they use some of the greatest, like just such you know great actors to voice their main characters within Disney, yeah. and and Jim Carrey as as a character portraying that, and yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'd have to agree that the story, that's one of those where you almost can't mess it up. The story is so good. It's right. just about the opposite. Of, you know, I, in a way, it's almost the opposite of Elf. 
itself is a fantastic story, but you had to have that right chemistry of all of the actors in play right. doing their parts to make it happen where, where the story behind a Christmas Carol is that timeless. You mm. can put multiple people in the role and it's one that people don't get sick of the retelling. It's like, Oh great. Here's a remake of this one again. It's like, Oh, let's see how this one goes this time. What, right. what is their spin on this versus being, how are they messing up the source material? I mean, it's two different complete mindsets when it comes to it. Right. Yeah, even if Hallmark do one or two different variations, <laughs> you, might, you might, you know, leave that on and go, yeah, all right, I'll leave that on. They can't mess that up. You know, even they, you know, do, you know, TikTok <laughs> versions of it, don't they? You know, great. Even versions. if they do one or two a year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll give them a chance. I mean, who 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 can who who can mess this up? You know, uh, I'll give them a chance. We'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other versions I've seen of that. But it's the same with the Grinch. There's that many versions. There's that many versions of the Grinch as well that you could watch, all the way from the Chuck Jones one in the was it the fifties or the sixties that. Mm-hmm. Kind of Version. yeah the cartoon yeah with, with that one that one is brilliant and uh, with mel blank doing the voices and right yeah and you've got uh oh who's that, who's that oh famous horror film actor he does the he does the voice of the grinch doesn't he what's his name you're thinking From- of vincent price no i'm thinking of like 40s 50s really early oh. horror is it oh, it's boris karloff Boris Karloff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, even that's classic. And then, like you said, you've got the, the live action sort of version with Jim Carrey. And you've got a, a couple of different ca- cartoon versions of it as well. You know, it's, and even a Christmas, then a Christmas carol, you've got the Muppets Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And as I've mentioned, even Sesame Street have done a Christmas Carol as well. <laughs> it yeah. just translates in so many ways. Both of those stories do the Grinch and a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah. And before Dave mentioned it, I'd not actually thought about "It's a Wonderful Life" is another way of looking at a Christmas Carol. Yeah, it it it, it is. You know, it's, it's a little little different perspective. You've got an uh, an outward perspective where where a Christmas Carol is based around what's happening to the character himself directly Scrooge. I mean, it still happens with, with the character. At, gosh, do they call him Jimmy or is that what he calls his brother in the movie? Anyhow. Um, yeah. His, uh, the main character, you know, it's looked at from, from the perspective of two uh, angelic beings yeah. and they're kind of discussing his life as, as it goes but you still have that the classic, you know, this is what happened as he was growing up. You know, this is, you know, he, his, his problem with his ear that, that plagued him throughout his life. Right. Uh, and then you've got, you know, all the things that transpire in the present because of that, you get to the point where he's seriously thinking about, you know, ending it all just to, just to get away from it. And then he gets a glimpse at that moment of what would happen if he, wasn't around you know well this is how it would play out without him and how important really as even as insignificant or as little as he might have felt how much of a difference that that one toss of a 
of a stone makes in the ripple of the water, so to speak, that effect that it had on everything else surrounding it that wouldn't have happened yeah. otherwise. It's like a butterfly effect, isn't it? Out yes. one little thing, you know, no matter how small it looks like, it has a, it has a growing effect throughout, you know, that grows from that, that stems from that initial thing, which is what you're saying with, you know, he saved his brother from drowning there, and this is what happened from that. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and his brother was supposed to take over and instead he goes off to do his thing and here our protagonist gets stuck with, with the home chores again instead of being able to go and do what he wanted. He, he felt like he had to take that responsibility on. And honestly, he could have left. Yeah. But everything would have fallen apart at that moment. What was I going to say? I'll give a couple of um, honorable, well, I've already mentioned the Santa Claus, what I was going to say. Have, have either of you seen either of the Christmas Chronicles films? I haven't. With Kurt Russell? Yes. Yeah, my my daughter, my youngest, uh, who is 10, couldn't wait for that to come out this year. So, I think yeah, the second, the second one, is, one. I think the second one's actually slightly better than the first. I like them both, but I think the second one's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's got better pacing to it. I was really amazed at, at who they, you know, again, uh, at who they picked. I really like the fact that Mrs. Claus isn't a sideline character. Yep, so do I. Yeah, like a like a main character in the movie. Yeah, she, she is in the second one. Yeah, she's a main character, and I okay. love the fact that it's. I love the fact that it's basically, well, they're not married, but a couple playing Mister and Mrs. Claus. That it's them because I think they have a. I think they're. What I what I get gather from you know interviews and that, I think their natural chemistry, from them being a couple in real life, I think it's I think it's shown in the characters on the film as well. Right, Kurt Russell and Goldie Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I love the fact too that with the second one, without having to without spoiling a single thing, that there's a lot of payoffs that happen in the second movie that are set up in the first one. Yeah. Yes, we we need to watch the first one again, don't we? I think as well. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some really good payoffs. There's some things like oh, and that's how that happened. And you're just like, oh, that's really cool. They thought to actually tie that in somehow into the arc of this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to give anything away. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot <laughs> you could give away about that. You need to watch that, Gil. You'll you'll love, but you'll love both of the films if you watch them in order one and two. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll put that on my list. Definitely need to see that. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to picture Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Uh, yeah. my, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that's, uh, I'm trying to refrain from going on my phone and, and trying to, you know, search for it. But I'm trying to just imagine it before I see it. So that way I'm not disappointed. Sure, yeah. Not not quite uh Snake Pilsner. Um <laughs> maybe a little bit closer to his character uh, as the truck driver in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. Yes, like like Jack from from that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jack from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Very much that like was, that, yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a sequel that had nothing to do with the first one come out of that. There's an underrated movie right there in my opinion. What about uh, 500, was it 500 Miles to Graceland? I think Kurt Russell was in uh, that too. Yes, he is. I haven't seen that, 500 Miles to Graceland. I've not seen that. That one's awesome. 
Yeah. No Definitely a Kurt Russell movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, that, but then Kurt Russell was in This Is Elvis, where he played Elvis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. You've just mentioned Jack Frost, haven't you, as a as a mention. Starring yeah. Michael Keaton. That's a good film. In. Yep. And the late oh, Kelly Preston. Yeah. yeah. What what did you think of, of that one? Marv? Uh, of the movie. Of Jack Frost. Jack Frost, yeah. I thought it I thought it was a nice idea, but th- there's something about the fact that all the way through that film, you you know that it, you know he's going to melt, and it's a sad ending, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you know that throughout the film. <laughs> so, so there's a darkness there all the way right through the film from beginning to end, because you know that's how it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. That's that's perfect. That's perfect. I I think that was like the movie that like did it for Michael Keaton, wasn't it? I, that was like his his like one of his last movies that he did. I, th- I think that that was the first, should we say, renaissance or whatever for for <laughs> Michael Keaton. I think that was in that first era of his of his perfect era. You know, with the with with the run of the the uh, the Batman yeah. film and uh-huh. Beetlejuice or up to Jack Frost. I think he was on a really good trajectory around there, even in uh, that one, Multiplicity as well. I think that's that, I think that's an underrated comedy. I think he's brilliant in that as well. But you've but, got a, you've got a lot of roles there where and, and he's, he's, he's playing sh- something different, so uh, he's showing a diversity, and I think that that really did him a lot of favors. He wasn't really like typecasted at all in Hollywood, like no. oh, like that 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 he did. Like you said, he had a wide range of just acting capability that he can be like a zombie ghost person and then he can be a snowman. Who else is a snowman? Who can play a snowman? Michael Keaton. Oh, and I forgot you got Pacific Heights as well, where he was a where he was a you know, a nasty man in the Pacific Heights. Really? Oh I don't yeah. Know. Yes. I, I haven't forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, very, very scary, almost psychopathic man in that. Complete contrast to that, which reminds me of somebody like Robin Williams, where, you know, initially when he went into acting, people would think of him as the comedy man. But mm-hmm. then as his, as his career went, his his dramatic range was incredible. Right. Yes. Yeah. You, uh no, no, that wasn't him. That was that was a different actor. Never mind. What's that? All I can remember are just comedies, um, but that's just me. Well, you got twenty-four hour photo, haven't you? Where he was the person who uh, who who uh, worked, worked behind the counter of the Photoshop, didn't he? And yeah, yeah he was. He, that's that's that, awfully that, that. Yeah, oh. that was one of the first ones that I seen where he 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 was a um, he was a. Uh, uh, kind of like uh, antagonist. He was a bad person. Yeah. And then, and, Mo- yeah. yeah, Moscow over the is it Moscow over the Hudson? Is it where he was the Russian person that had moved to New York? Mm-hmm. Where he played a Russian? Yeah, Moscow over yes. the Hudson. Yep, that, that is a really good role. And yeah, the as well, where he plays that doctor. 
uh, Final Cut. It was kind of that uh, thriller suspense horror movie. Yeah. Uh, where he was, you know, where in the future they put the microchips, uh, I think they put them in people's heads. And his job was to take all the information that happened during their life and to make uh, basically video montages of their life. Yeah. That is yeah. a really good film. We've seen that, The Final Court. Yeah, that was just like, wow. And it's, it's a great, uh, you know, like, like kind of like a warning film about, you know, modern technology and all the, the crazy things. It's a very, you know, it's a, it's a darker movie, a lot like uh, in, kind of in the way of Minority Report, you know, where oh. they were able to discover what somebody might transpire to do, even though they haven't done it. And here they get incarcerated for crimes they haven't even yet to commit. You know, final cuts in that kind of a vein. It's not that same story, but it's in, in that kind of a darker vein. It's like, wow, I did not yeah. expect that with Robin Williams as the yeah. lead character at all. Because, of course, Robin Williams, you'd think to yourself, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, mm-hmm. going, going really back, you'd think Mork and Mindy, which is you know, classic mm-hmm. television, um, and Jumanji. And, you know, they, they're again, you know, like like with uh, with Michael Keaton, you've got somebody who can do so much and has so much, you know, versatility in his, in his acting. Wide range. Yes. Yep. Wow. We're covering all the bases here, aren't we? Yeah, that was, that was the good rabbit trail there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what, what was another honorable mention as well? I was going to mention the holiday, but, you know, with, the, is it Cameron Diaz? Um, oh, so it's not a Hallmark movie. It's not a Hallmark movie, no, The Holiday, no, it's Jack Black, uh, Cameron Diaz. Uh, oh, The Mask? Jude Law. No, uh, Kate, Kate Winslet, right? Kate she was Winslet, in that as well? Yep. yep. Yeah, uh, Jude, yeah, Jude Law. I think you just mentioned him already. Yep. Jack Black and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, where they basically have swapped, don't they, or something, and one goes from one little cottage in, in England, goes over to Cameron Diaz's L.A., condo or whatever and she ends up going to a little cottage and they they sort of like sort their lives out because they're both having problems with their lives or something yeah even though it's called the holiday i guess i never really pictured that one in the in the vein of thinking of it as a as a christmas movie and i guess it's just the way i frame it in my head but it is based at christmas they get the sort of both in different countries over christmas and yeah It's a bit. It's a bit like people see Die Hard as a Christmas film, don't they? And Lethal Weapon, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, for me, saying Die Hard is a Christmas movie is just a great way to spark a, a conversation with people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or to start a fire. <laughs> exactly. Although I did, I did like the uh, the bad guy falling from the uh, the top of the plaza, and he slowly goes down day by day as an advent calendar. Kind of uh, hilarious. That's brilliant. I've not seen that. That's great. Yeah, it's like a six foot tall, you know, statue of the of the plaza, yeah. and every day you get to move him down that much closer to the ground. <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza, I think is that what they yeah. call it? Nakatomi it Plaza. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I think somebody told me is Fox TV offices, is it or something? Oh wow! They told me. Yeah, I think somebody mentioned that. I think it was mentioned on that Real Blend podcast that I listened to because two of them work for work for Fox TV News, I think, as anchors. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because one of them said that, you know, with Die Hard being one of their favourite films, they showed up there and it was like, whoa, I'm at Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that that it's, yeah. In Los Angeles, California, it's the the head, yeah, it's, it's Fox Plaza, the main headquarters of 20th Century Fox. Now, there you uh, go. Yeah. Now yet another house of mouse. Yes. Yeah, in- indeed. Yeah. And and still they won't put any of the Fox Fox films on Disney Plus. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh I th- I think we've got a good show there. Yay. I can make something out of that. So once again, Dave, for the second time today. <laughs> <laughs> Marv, thank you. <laughs> okay. T- tell tell people all about your new show, how they can find it, and how they can get in touch with yourself. Absolutely. You can find Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast. Our homepage is decibolic.com. That's D-E-C-I-B-O-L-I-C.com. From there, you can sign up for my newsletter. You can go out to my Instagram and Facebook and other social media pages. You can also find Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, other great podcasting stations. And soon coming to iHeartRadio and Google Play. You can reach me directly if you'd like to at info at decibolic.com. Again, that's info at decibolic.com. D-E-C-I-B-O-L-I-C.com. No money, just savings and whatever else Dennis used to say on his show, Dennis Miller. <laughs> yeah, always be closing if you want the knife set. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, Gil, let everybody know how they can get hold of you and uh, and how they can find the Mind Buzz. Hey, everyone, this is Gil with the Mind Buzz podcast, conversations on mind culture, society, occasional bad jokes, and uh, Christmas stuff. You can reach me on Spotify. You can reach me on Apple Podcasts and I do post a lot of cool stuff on Instagram. I have book mentions in there, mostly on self-development and how self-development really changes our culture. And it's uh, some pretty good stuff on there. Mind Buzz podcast on Spotify and coming to YouTube soon. So. Uh, we got a lot of great things going on over there on the Instagram. And Marv, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you, Dave. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Now we're going to do something very strange that I could make an episode out of this, and I'm going to do the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right, because we just had a conversation, and Gil joined us, which was great. It really happened. Yes. Okay. Here we go.
There we go. Hey there, Dave. Hey, Martin. Like I can, I can hear myself. <laughs> I can't uh, hear you. That's strange. Uh, <clears throat> ah, we go. There we go. Side. Oh, yep. Excellent. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yay! This, oh, this, this yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. How did... Talking about films with no film podcasters. <laughs> Well, you know, it's all right. I ran a, I ran a 440 relay without any real runners, and we finished 10 seconds short of the state, uh, <clears throat> state best, state uh, whatever they call that. Yeah. Yes, the state record, the record for state of Michigan for best runners. Oh, it was two seconds. It wasn't 10 seconds. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, I'm like, well, dang. And, and we're not even ready for this. We're all shot putters and discus throwers in this group. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so, the, yeah, so we're all, we're all like, you know, top heavy, I guess you could say, but it worked. <laughs> well, you've seen cool runnings. They, they still, they still, still do yeah. pretty well. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, there's always hope. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, uh, <clears throat> just finished doing doing dinner for the family and ran back downstairs. I have just finished eating myself. Oh, nice. Tasty. Fish and chips. Ah, yeah. No, we, well, I guess we've both done our, our uh, staples for uh, where we are. Burgers and fries for the family here tonight. Oh, you've had burger and fries. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, worked out quite well. I do, I do fries for the rest of the family. Uh, do uh, gnocchi for my wife. She loves gnocchi, and then I grab myself a bag of my protein chips. Yes, L- L- Louise, my, my other half. She she's been thinking about making her own uh, gnocchi before now. I'll I'll have a batch sometime. Yes, I need to yep. do pasta as well. I've got a new machine. Yeah, nice. She's talking at the side of me. <laughs> I'm a bit terrified. <laughs> The, that. The, the wonders of having the uh, having the show in the living room. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, one of the one of the things that happened with the we moved uh, just over a year ago to the house we're in now, yeah. and one of the things that we agreed with was there was going to be a place for for my stuff that would could be just mine and wouldn't continually be invaded by a by a child wanting their own room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So fortunately, the gentleman who owned this was a uh, well, he was a maintenance man by trade, you know, uh, you know, step up from janitor. So he took incredible care of the house, built it in '71, and uh, you know, upgraded everything about every six months inside. And what used to be his uh, workroom is now my workroom slash studio slash office. That's cool. I've always wanted a room like that where you could just. Do do your thing out of the way of everybody else, right? Yeah, I, I was very very fortunate for that to finally happen. So the only downside is I am directly below the living room. So if uh, somebody walks too heavily, I can hear it. But thanks to technology, it doesn't seem to show up as badly in the recordings. <laughs> Get yourself the right microphone. I mean, I I need I need to sort this out. Really, I'm going to experiment with uh, putting one of my. Um, 
interfaces in and plug probably a 57 or something in and see how that works. Well, yeah, I mean, both of both of Shuri's next level up uh, microphones for podcasting are both use the same element as a 57 or a 58. Yeah. It's just the housing and the grill that makes a little bit of difference in the sound characteristics. So like they're uh, what they call the SM7B, which is like, I guess, the podcast mic of choice is uh is the same identical capsule to uh to a regular SM57 just with whatever is in the body it makes the, the difference in whatever they've done inside that they don't talk about and that's it i uh, i i too worked at a music shop for a short while oh okay but i think i think they got fed up and we're not actually working and playing the instrument <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> terrible because I, I used to go away from where I was supposed to be doing the work and I used to just go get and find my way towards the keyboard and have a go at the old um uh like the, the Roland the, the Junos and, and the DS yeah. and I couldn't stay away from them and they were after about three weeks they were like y- you know you don't do any work whatsoever sod off <laughs> oh yeah I was I was working in a in a warehouse for a for what they call a catalog showroom, which is basically the a place where they show off all the stuff in the catalog. But I worked in the warehouse where you'd actually get the product from for the customer. Yeah, and a small music shop, mom and pop shop, uh, upgraded from a space that was about the size of what I'm in now for a basement to a little bit bigger, and they were right across the road. So this little four four lane road was between me and that and about a hundred yard parking lot so i would run across that every break and every lunch period asking questions because i wanted to build my own guitar electric guitar from the ground up and i'm asking questions about this and that and the other and you know can you get this and after about the seventh or eighth time i'm in there he's like you seem to know a little bit about this how about i pay you 50 cents more an hour than they're paying you right now and you come work for me (laughs) So that was that was the next hook in. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, usually they go into real estate at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your name's Rod Adultery out of out of the Who. Because he owns his own fishery. Oh. Wow, I I didn't know that. Why yes, didn't I know he, that? He just doesn't he do salmon fishing or something? Hasn't he got his own salmon farm or something, I think? <sighs> Yeah, I think it could so. be. I, I remember he was he was a very popular uh, guest actor on the television show The Highlander. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been been in a few films, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Him and the the first real musicians that I really noticed in a lot of uh, shows like that were him and Gene Simmons. Speaking of of Kiss earlier, yes, Gene Simmons. Yeah, yeah, of course. You just reminded me of the film. Was it Runaway or something with Tom Selleck and Yes, the Runaway. Yes. Oh dear me. <laughs> that's that's the one. Gene Simmons could teach William Shatner how to hammer act so well. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Mm. I, William Shatner. I read an interview with him where he said he has never watched a single show that he has acted in. Says I, I do it and I refuse to watch it. 
I just don't want to see myself. And I'm like, wow. Which, which is terrible because I've seen, I've seen most of them. Right? Yeah, same the, here. I've seen all the Star Treks. I've seen all of the TJ Orcas back in the day. And oh, yeah. I remember watching Col- that one. Of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even tried watching that, that show that he did based on, the, on his little version of Star Trek called Tech, Tech Wars. Yes, and I've read the books and the comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, here mm. we go. I, while I was waiting, I looked up uh, Roger Daltrey, Holmhurst Manor. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, in Sussex. That's the one he owns. Huh. Is anybody else turning up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Yep. Heat is on. Yeah. Sonny Bono. Yep. Sonny and Cher. He made that solo up on the spot, you know. The, I, you know, the Heat is on. Glenn Fry. That wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, that would not surprise me. Apparently, Harold Faltermeyer, who, who wrote it and did, did the did the soundtrack for the film, he was saying that... Uh, he, he got like all the musical backing and uh, and he just wanted Glenn Fry because he's a big huge fan of um of, of the Eagles so uh, so he got hold of Glenn Fry and Glenn Fry appeared and he and uh, <laughs> Harold, Harold only wanted him to do vocal and he appeared with his with his uh, I think Stratocaster and this uh, an offended Fender deluxe amp or something mm-hmm. and uh, and and he listened and he's and he's there and he said to, and he goes right he says I'll go and set up now he listened to it once and he says I'll set up now and then I'll be ready, and they were like and he and he set his guitar up as well with an amp, and and Harold's thinking oh, what's going on here like this and the engineer <laughs> Mike Mike took put a mic about I think about five feet away or no ten feet away from the amp, yeah. And uh, and he had the amp really la- sort of loud, and they baffled. They put like things around him to sing, and he stood there doing the singing and the guitar part at the same time, live in the first take. That's, that song, that is so killer, isn't it? Just yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they just that... put those things around him, you know, to make sure that you couldn't get didn't get the guitar onto the vocal mic. But he did both at the same time, and I just thought, I've, I've always had respect for him for that, because I thought, wow, doing that in one go, after listening to the song once. Yeah, especially that. I mean, that's that's somebody who's in their prime and has taken what they are doing seriously. It's That is just amazing. I mean, I, I can't even do that with my podcast. So, I'm, go- I'm going to show my age here, but my first use of a... Uh, well, no, actually, because uh, we had apples at school, an Apple 32, I think it was called or something. Um, and then when I started work at, uh, at a, uh, this was back when I was 16, I think, I started work at a, uh, at a newspaper. And uh, they used to, uh, to put the newspaper together to design it. They used an old Mac back then, and I think that was 1980. Seven, I think April. Okay, yeah. 
So around around well, that'd be after the era of the Apple II. Yeah, that was when they had other companies making uh, Macs as well. I remember that people made Power Macs. <laughs> they could they could use the same OS, but that's they were trying to compete with Microsoft at Microsoft's level. It's like yeah, that's not a good thing to do. No, but but it was strange when I went there because when I went there to work because I thought. It's weird because they were using that to to do the put the newspaper together basically in the design stage, but all the okay. actual all the actual news pieces or items they they were done on an Amstrad. Okay, <laughs> which I thought was really strange. Yeah, but, yeah, they compile it in one and yet use another for piecing it together. <laughs> Probably were using what was it, what would that have been back then? Aldous PageMaker before it was Adobe. That that is. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I used Aldus for a very short while before it became Adobe. Yeah. Good stuff. Wow. Well, thank you for inviting me to this chat. I, I've been really privileged and honored to be your guest today. <laughs> that's great. So, so, how were you introduced to podcasting? How much will do a show with you? How much right. will do your show? Yeah. You know, and I, I felt like the timing couldn't be better because, you know, hey, come listen to this podcast here. Get a chance to hear some other podcast people you might really enjoy and get a quick flavor of me before my before my debut releases. I could have had it uh, debut tomorrow. But I'm just like, ah, I just want one more week because now I've been able to listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, that level's a little low. That's a little mismatched. Yeah, I can go back and fix that really quick before it hits all the all the services it's like minor things i'm sure i'll listen to this again in a year what i've done and be like how did i ever let that get out the door <laughs> i know i know oh yeah you you said to me weren't you you, you, you were watching something or other and you keep you keep watching stuff for that long that it keeps saying to you are you still watching netflix <laughs> Yes. What are you doing? It's one of those on. things, isn't it, with the modern world? You know, now that you've got all this streaming, you wouldn't have had it before because you'd have to te- keep taking the disc out or the videos out. Exactly. <laughs> you've been on Netflix for four days. Are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> he says. He says you've been on Netflix for four days. Are you still alive? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> TV, please. He's still watching. <laughs> You know, one of these days, I'm going to plug in two microphones and we can all just have a general chat that's not based on the show. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. <sighs> so how many, how many shows have you already got in the bag? Um, I have I have two in the bag. I have the third one almost in the bag. And then I have two more complete interviews that I've done and I'm going to break them apart like I've done with this one. So that'll probably earn me another six to seven shows. So I I do it. I do it almost like a variety show. Okay. So rather than just having to be straight interview, uh, I'll start off with, uh, with a little uh, deep shower thought is what I call them. Like, you know, if, if, if a if a highway has if a highway has shoulders, am I driving on the neck? You know, just mm. dumb things like that, and you know, just kind of a little icebreaker to to get people like, what? What did he say? And hopefully, just tune in a little bit once they've heard something absurd like that. 
and then I'll do uh, I'll do like a travel tip, like you know airlines that I've enjoyed flying on. When do I fly versus when do I drive? Uh, what places have I enjoyed staying at or eating at or visiting when I'm in a certain area or a state and in, in, either in the U.S. or when I'm over in uh, Toronto, in the greater Toronto area of Ontario, Canada. Uh, I do a little bit about, you know, my journey of making a podcast happen and what that's taken to do. And then eventually I'll get to an interview or in the case of my pilot episode, a, a really corny dramatization of, of a microphone uh, shootout. Right. Okay. So I, I said it. The, so if you, when you get a chance to listen to that pilot episode, I sent you the link to on SoundCloud. The, uh, the microphone shootout is somewhere between uh, the WWF and an MMA fight. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah, complete <laughs> with me doing uh, a couple different, kind of doing a couple different voices just to make it more interesting to listen to. I don't think anybody seems to want to be joining this conversation. I'm like, what? Did they think it was like an hour later or something? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. I don't know if you both noticed, but I'm doing an off-the-cuff show here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of where it started at, so I'm like, well, you know, might as well. Might as well go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, if anything else, it becomes an episode, and then the uh, the Christmas part's the bonus, or vice versa. That, that's it. I'm, go I'm going to have all this Christmas chat in there and make a make an episode out of it. <laughs> what uh, on. what did I miss? What's that, Gil? What what did I miss coming? Oh. In? We were just doing general chit chat, and then all of a sudden, just before you came in, out, I asked uh, Dave about you know what he remembers from, from Christmases. Oh, okay. Yeah. So literally your, your timing for what you were talking about is perfect. You know, we're just like, you know, just get a chance to chat and see who comes in and when they come in and uh, take it from oh. there. Yep. Dave, Dave was talking about sledding when he, when he was a kid. And, and then I said to him, uh, what a bit like Clark Griswold in the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, and then I, I relate a little a little story about running into some piles of wood in my backyard. <laughs> oh, that's really strange. That it's almost like making a film. <laughs> film the film the beginning at the end. I hear that. Well, at least we have like a, a good. Uh, I mean, the last podcast that that we did, Marv, was just excellent. Just the way that you finessed, you know, some clips that we had in our conversation and you just you'd like spotted them perfectly within the the conversation which was just it, it was immaculate i was i was blown away on how cool that that whole thing worked out because we did like two we did a few separate takes and just it it was it was amazing it was great considering you had we had some uh technical difficulty uh getting into but all in all, all in all, that was just a, a great job. It was it was awesome. I appreciate it. To, to give to give Dave a bit of background on that. So the first initial recording, which was supposed to be just the show normally, we we had some issues, or I had some issues with with the internet, uh, which caused timing issues. I think we had a problem with being able to fit it in. So we basically got the basic gist of you know what Gill's show was about and 
basically okay. answer the questions you know the the, the basics yeah and then on another set and on about two weeks later we we did a catch-up where we filled in little bits where we touched on subjects that were brought up during that to make it more conversational right oh and nice. then i edited it together into a into a big conversational episode <laughs> It was it was amazing. Like he 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 recorded the the two separate sessions. One of the sessions actually, I was I just come out of the dentist, and um, oh. like some part of my face was numb, and we're oh, man. Uh, we're talking, and I'm like, this is not a good idea for me to do if I'm if I can't feel my face. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep going. I this is what I do. So I, we went through it and then after we did the podcast and then he put it on all the platforms and I listened to it and it was, it was amazing. Like it was, it was great. Like you finessed it. it. It was, it was awesome. And I can't wait to listen to this one because just how you finesse the other ones. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I, I, I'm pretty stoked. Can't wait to hear this one. Definitely. Yeah. Me too. That's cool to hear. Awesome. Anyway, with these two shows, I've not been to the toilet for about six hours, so I'm going to go <laughs> now, and I'll I'll chat to you two again soon. <laughs> you good. Th- thanks for this. Thanks. I'll catch up with you both very soon uh, about recording with you both again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Gil, it was great to meet you. Thank yeah. you, Dave. We'll see you. I'll okay. talk to you before Christmas, but have a great Christmas if I don't. Take care. Oh, yeah. thanks. Bye.